0: Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive god 's message we 're continuing our series in the in the book of Job and today i 'm going to be looking at job chapter two and next week we 'll look at job job chapter three and this chapter two is some, chapter three so three and four sorry two and three three and four Job chapter three is sometimes called the lament of job it uh, 's a sort of a standalone chapter where he he cries out to God in his misery. And he is at the point where he wants to die. And life's got that bad that he wanted to die. I don't know if you ever had the experience of being at a place where you've felt, you just click that first light over things, yep. that you've felt as though you want to, you feel bad enough to die. I, I must admit, I was a bit sceptical about how bad the flu was. When I was a young person, I thought, how could you possibly get really sick from the flu? You know, it's a bit sniffly, you just stuff. And then, of course, I got the flu. And after about three days, I was in a bit of a bad way. So, you know, the headaches, the sneezing, the sore throat, the diarrhoea, the nausea, the vomiting. And about the third night, I was leaning over the toilet bowl, uh, vomiting away, and I must have passed out. And so my head dropped down, it hit the edge of the toilet bowl, opened up my head, and when I came to, I'm lying there in a pool of blood and vomit, and I cried, Jesus, take me home. <laughs> I'd had enough, you know, that was the, that was the, end, of the end of the tether. Of course, uh, it, was, it was grim, but I know a lot of you, and, and you know, a lot of you online as well, uh, uh, experience much more suffering than that. It's much more intense than just a bad dose of the flu and 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 lasts for for much longer than that as well and that was certainly the case with 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 job in, in this story he's at the he 's at the end of his tether and uh, just to recount what's what happened if you haven 't been with us the last couple of weeks so job is a man who is very righteous lives uh, probably three thousand years ago in the middle east very righteous man and uh, he then encounters some incredible suffering. First, his uh, his livestock and his servants are all killed. Then his family are all in a house having a meal together. A big wind blows in and the house collapses and all his family are killed. Then the attention turns, the suffering turns to him personally and he gets some sort of sores over his whole body. And they're so bad that he picks up a piece of pottery and, and starts to scrape at them. So you can, you can barely imagine how, how painful they were and that scraping them with, with pottery probably didn't help. And then uh, the relational sides of things, his wife comes to him and says, Job, are you still here? Yeah, wh- why don't you just curse God and die? Yeah, and then she walks off and we, we don't hear of her again. So she she's she's walked out on it. And he's sitting there in this in this pile of ashes and three of his friends come and, and sit with him and they, they, they do a good job really, just, just sitting with him in his suffering for the seven days. And then finally Job gets up and starts to speak and we read what he says in Job three. So, if you've got your Bibles, you might want to look in, in, in Job chapter 3, where he, he starts off. I really need that headset microphone. He starts off. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, May the day of my birth perish, and the night that said, A boy is conceived. So, not just he's cursing the day of his birth, he's cursing the day that he was conceived. Uh, That day may it turn to darkness. May God not care about it. May no light shine on it. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm it. That night might thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May that night be barren. May no shout of joy be heard in it. May those who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. May its morning stars become dark. May it wait for daylight in in vain and not see the first rays of dawn. For it did not shut the doors of the womb on me to hide trouble from my eyes. So begin to see the beginning of this, the depth of despair that Job is experiencing. He he wants God to to wipe out the day he was conceived and the day he was born, sort of wipe it off so that he would would cease to exist. And the bit about Leviathan. So in the ancient world, there was um, some seers, some prophets who would uh, raise up the spirit of the Leviathan, which was a seven-headed sea monster, uh, to curse days. And, and Job's at the point where he wants them to, to rise up and to curse the day he's born. But he goes on then in verses 11 to 19 to, to, uh, to, to curse uh, his, 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 the fact that he was born. Verse 20, why is light given to those in misery and life? Oh, no, sorry, back to verse 11. Um, why, did, why didn't I perish at birth? And die as I came from the womb. Verse 11. Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? For now I would be lying in peace. I would be asleep and at rest with kings and rulers of the earth who built for themselves places now lying in ruins with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden away in the ground like a stillborn child? like an infant who never saw the light of day. There the wicked cease from turmoil, and there the weary are at rest. Captives are also enjoy their ease. They no longer hear the slave drivers shout. The small and the great are there, and the slaves are freed from their owners. So he sort of said, I, I cur- if, if you can't curse the day that I was conceived or the day I was born, God, why didn't I die at birth? Why wasn't I born stillborn? Or, or why can't I, uh, I uh, why didn't I die then? Because, and, and he, has, he paints this picture of what death is like as, as peaceful and, and restful, the places where, where the kings dwell. And he says, you know, please God, I would have preferred that than to live through the misery that I'm going through now. And then in verse 20, he reaches the very depths of his despair. Why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul, to those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more or search for it more than for hidden treasure, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave. Why is life given to a man whose way is hidden from God who hedged him in? For sighing has become my daily food. My groans pour out like water. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. And this is the worst of it. I have no peace, no quietness, no rest, but only turmoil. Here, Job has moved beyond his his trauma of his circumstances, of of losing his possessions, losing his, his family, losing his health, losing his wife, living in in ashes. He moves beyond that and he's crying out about the spiritual catastrophe he's now experiencing. As a a man who had been accustomed to knowing peace and, and contentment and connection with God, he concludes here at the end of the chapter, I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, but only turmoil and he picks up perhaps the the spirit of proverbs which talks a few times about you know that's it's, it's one thing to lose your physical possessions it's one thing to have suffering it's another thing altogether to lose your peace to, to lose your connection with God and he said you know a man's spirit sustains him in sickness but a crushed spirit who can bear it's one thing to be suffering physically or emotionally it's another thing altogether to be suffering spiritually but that is where job finds himself i don't know about you but i find this a little bit uncomfortable that here in the bible is the account of somebody who is at such extremity such desperation it's like we 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 want to say to job look you've got to be careful about the way you talk to god you don't talk to your your creator like that you don't reject the gift of life I mean we're all pro-life aren't we we're all anti-euthanasia here is a man who is quite openly quite unashamedly saying God I wish I was never born I wish I was never conceived I I wish I died at birth I wish I was dead now leaves us a little bit uncomfortable But Job is clearly the hero of this book that is named after him. And as we'll see in the weeks to come, God does not condemn Job for what he says here in chapter 3. He does condemn him for some of the questions he's going to ask of God a little bit later on. But as far as this expression of lament that is contained in chapter 3, God has no condemnation for him. And in fact, when we look at the Old Testament, we find lots of lament. There is actually a book called lamentations a whole book of of laments over a third of the psalms are laments third of the psalms are, are laments people saying the sort of thing that job is saying here life is miserable life's not working out i'm going through incredible suffering i'm losing my way i'm even losing connection with you god in the midst of my suffering. Uh, Psalm 88 is is probably the classic of it. It's uh, 18 verses of misery, ending with "Darkness is my closest friend." What a way to finish a story! There's no, there's no turnaround there. There's no, uh, and then God appeared and everything was lovely. This is just misery, misery, and darkness is my closest friend. A challenge to any of you guys to write a worship song about that. I will sing with joy because darkness is my closest friend just doesn't work but a third of the psalms are of those type and then we look to jesus jesus lamented in in seven in chapter um 20 chapter 17 where he's uh trying to teach the 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 religious leaders and they're just not getting it they're they're, they're thick as and he he, he despairs and he says Oh, how long will I bear this this generation, this this thick-headed people? I, I, I'm just despairing about them. And then, of course, on the cross, Jesus says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's despair. He's, he's alluding to a psalm, but this the sort of despair that that Jesus felt. And so the message of, of Job 3. The reason God has kept it in, him in the Bible is because he wants to tell us that despair is okay. There are going to be times in our lives where, where we just want to uh, express to God the pain that we're feeling. And if there's a comfort here, if comfort's the right word, it is that we can, as we can do nothing, we can be perfectly righteous like Job was and, and we don't ha- necessarily have to have done anything wrong in order to rise up from our knees after praying and praying and praying and praying and still feeling despair and still feeling dark after all of our prayer. And, and it's okay to, to explore these dark parts of human existence I think, you know, we sometimes tempted to, as Christians, just want to gloss over everything and only dwell on the, on the good things and the, the pleasant ways. But, but it, Job's showing us here, it's okay to dwell on the dark things, to, to experience them and, and let them and let them sink in. And, it, and it's okay to be honest with God. He's not putting any, any show here. He's saying to God, I feel so bad, I wish I'd never been born. I feel so bad, I wish I could die. And God's okay with that. He can handle it. As the the Psalms show us, and as Job chapter three shows us, as well. And we have to be honest with ourselves that sometimes, as churches, we we haven't dealt with this type of suffering well. You know, we're talking here about the sort of person who, who who's got a long term physical suffering. And, and I know some of you have that, sort of your, your, your day in, day out is full of pain. And it's been going on for many years and you've prayed about it a lot, uh, but, but it, it's still there. Um, but of course now we have this greater awareness of the whole uh, psychological dimension and the whole emotional dimension of pain as well. And post-traumatic stress disorder uh, is something that you don't tend to get over. And, and, and some of you guys have been wrestling with that for, for decades uh, for some of you, it's grief uh, that you, you've you've lost somebody, or you you you've, and and you just don't get over it. Uh, and depression and anxiety uh, are, are long-term or can be long-term sources of suffering. And and as churches, sometimes we we we've struggled a little bit with how to to re- respond to those stories of long-term pain that we we sometimes encounter. <clears throat> At the, at the worst end of the spectrum is the, the, the response of maybe you've got unconfessed sin, which is what Job's friends say to him. Job, you've, you've, obviously, got, you've obviously done something wrong in order to receive this punishment. And, and sometimes, <clears throat> even though we're well-meaning, we, we've sort of gone to people who've had long-term suffering and sort of said, maybe, maybe God's punishing you for something. Only slightly better than that response is, have you had enough faith? Have you prayed with an... You, have you really got faith? Are you, are you naming and claiming it? And perhaps that's why God answer, isn't answering your prayer, because, because, you, because you don't have enough faith. Um, uh, next uh, uh, along the line might be <clears throat> that maybe you're not praying the right way. You, there's certain words you've got to use, you know, according to your will or, or some sort of proviso that you, you put in place. Maybe you, you've met somebody and, and, they, and you, you've decided that you're going to fix it. You go, I'll pray for you and your suffering. And, and, and you pray for them and they don't get healed. And then it's just really awkward. Awkward for them, awkward for you. And probably, you know, that little voice inside of you saying, from that point on, stay away from them. It's just too awkward because they haven't been healed. And sometimes we roll out Acts, or Romans 8.28, don't we? And we sort of say, well, God must be working through your suffering somehow to bring about his purposes in your life. And that's true. But for somebody who's suffering long-term acute suffering, it's not very helpful. It turns the person into a problem that needs to get fixed rather than somebody who needs to be cared for and loved and just sat with as we move, as they experience their long-term suffering. And as I said, we've we've got to be careful. I mean, certainly joy is is part of our Christian message and we need to be people of joy. But we've got to be careful that our joyfulness doesn't wash over or minimise the real suffering that many people we will encounter are, are experiencing. And the consequence of that is sometimes people who are suffering long-term pain whether emotional or physical become reluctant to talk about it and reluctant to talk to other Christians about it and that might be the case with some of you but it's something we all need to be aware of that sometimes people because of the way we've reacted or because of the way other people other Christians have reacted to their suffering they are reluctant to share their pain with us. And so for you who are, if you are experiencing long-term suffering, three things I'd like to encourage, three people I'd like you to talk to. The first is speak to God about it. God can handle it. He knows what you're going through and he actually wants you to articulate it to him. Follow the example of Job. Follow the examples of the psalmist. Follow the example of Jesus and tell God how you're feeling. Don't hold it back. Don't be ashamed of it. Second, tell others about it. Sure, you might meet a Christian who responds poorly, who wants to gloss over it or wants to fix you or wants to give you some sort of little pithy saying that's going to straighten everything out for you. But hopefully, if you look enough, you will find a Christian who really does understand and who does care and who does just want to sit with you in your suffering, and share it. That old saying, you know, a a pain shared is a pain halved, is true. And if you need professional help, don't be frightened to get professional care. If you need somebody to to walk the journey of pain with you. I I haven't had a lot of suffering in my life, but I have to admit that I'm not good at sharing whatever suffering I have with other people. This is is a lesson for me, uh, because... it's amazing, every time I share my suffering with somebody, it actually makes it better. It doesn't go away, but the, the, the burden is, is lightened a little bit. And it's a lesson I've got to learn as well, to be willing to share my pain with others. And third, speak to yourself about it and say, it's okay. It's okay to feel despair in the midst of your pain and suffering that it doesn't always just disappear. Of course, we do stand on the other side of the cross and and we, 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 we stand in a different place where Job was in his, his desperation when he, he lost his connection with God. He, he cried out, I have no peace. I have no quietness. I have no rest. I have only turmoil. But uh, we live after the cross. And as Paul says in in Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so we must never minimise suffering, we must never gloss over suffering, but as Christians we recognise that even in the midst of our suffering we always have hope. As deeply buried as it it might be, unlike Job, we should never find ourselves where there's no peace, no quietness, no rest, only turmoil, because we know Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit and that he is, just in the same way he redeemed his suffering, he is redeeming whatever human suffering we or others are experiencing. I think, as somebody who's not suffered a lot, it's good to give voice to the finer voice in this sermon to somebody who has suffered a lot. And Petra Davis and and Brett are members of our church, but many of you would never have met them, uh, and that is because Petra has suffers. Uh, acute migraines Uh, for 30 years she's been been struck with those and uh, she is often so badly affected by the migraines that she's unable to get out of bed or or work uh, let alone uh, travel to to church on on a Sunday and so I I contacted Petra and I asked her to to have a read through Job chapter 3 and then just jot down some reflections from her perspective of of that I'd like to, to read what she said Where do you even start when you have lived with migraines for over 30 years and when most months have included far more days in pain than free of pain? When I have spent endless hours waiting for the relentless pain to ease, feeling that I have no strength to keep going. So many times during the worst of it, I have wished I could just cease to exist, as that has seemed like the only way out of the pain that didn't get better, no matter what I tried or how many people prayed for me. And at the same time, trying so hard not to let the pain define my life. Going through new treatments, failure after failure, holding on to the beauty of life, and choosing again and again to believe that this will get better. It has been emotionally exhausting, and in many ways the loss and grief have often been even more overwhelming than the pain itself. Yet somehow in the midst of it all, I have found God Who doesn't necessarily answer my prayers, but who is with me regardless, even when I can't see it, feel it, or understand any of it. God who wants my raw honesty year after year. God who has showed up in people who have been holding hope for me when I have had nothing left in me. God who doesn't need me to pretend that things are okay when they are not. And slowly I have learned that my pain and suffering matters. Right here, right now. I matter to God and that includes my pain. I matter to God and that includes my pain. I thought we'd finish our times with two prayers the the first prayer is uh, a prayer on behalf of those who are in suffering so those of you who are experiencing long-term suffering it's a prayer for you and then a prayer for the rest of us in responding to those who bear that burden so let's join with our brothers and sisters in pain gracious and merciful God you summon us when we are weary and carry heavy burdens, and then you promise rest. But there are days when we are waiting for healing and redemption, when the spirit groans alongside us and we don't know how to pray. We can't find the words, and yet we hold on to your promise of rest. We've been wounded by the words and actions of others and our voices fall silent. And yet, by your mercy and grace, we find that praise bursts from our throats. Through your sustaining grace, help us find refuge and strength. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Let us now pray a prayer of lament on behalf of the rest of us. Lord, when we meet those going through long-term suffering, give us the gift of tears that moves us beyond sadness into compassion. Inspire and empower us, not only to cry about others' suffering, but also to weep with them. May we tear our clothing, may we cry aloud, may our tears flow and may our hearts break. Help us to hear the deep pain in others as we ever trust in you, God, our helper and defender. We will raise our voices in chorus with our brothers and sisters and we will shout out and not hold back. Teach us to lament so that we do more than regret circumstances but resolve to cooperate with you to change them. Make us the instruments of your peace. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing, intergenerational, and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.